Hey, this is Mike Zwick from If Not For God podcast. Our show, Stories of Hopelessness Turned Into Hope. Your chosen Truth Network podcast is starting in just seconds. Enjoy it, share it, but most of all, thank you for listening and for choosing the Truth Podcast Network. This is the Truth Network. The heart of every man craves a great adventure, but life doesn't usually feel that way. Jesus speaks of narrow gates and wide roads, but the masculine journey is filled with many twists and turns. So how do we keep from losing heart while trying to find the good way when life feels more like a losing battle than something worth dying for? Grab your gear and come on a quest with your band of brothers who will serve as the guides in what we call the masculine journey. The Masculine Journey starts here, now. Welcome to The Masculine Journey. We are very glad to have you with us today, and we just kind of find ourselves today kind of stuck in fear. Yeah, I'm terrified. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I say that because it's, it's our third week. It, it is. It is our third week. Still stuck, yeah. Still yeah. stuck in fear. Yeah. 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 So hopefully we'll try to break through that fear yeah. today. Yeah. It appears the wheels have come off. Yeah, well, apparently there's a lot of things to be afraid of. You know, I think that is something in our society that we see out there. There's a lot of people reacting out of fear Mm -hmm. in one way or another. Harold, did you have something you wanted to add to that? Yeah, it starts in elementary school. That's that's true. Because when you're in elementary school, you pass love notes. It says, I love you. Do you love me? And there's a little box marked yes, little box to mark no. And you sit there in fear that it's going to come back marked no. Yeah. So fear begins really early, and it's combined with love, which is the other aspect of what we hope to talk about tonight. It was a lot harder back in your day because that was with chisel and stone. <laughs> I was, you beat me to it, Sam. You beat me to it. <laughs> now, they're, now they're love texts, I think. Yeah. Yeah. People yeah. It's a lot, yeah. e- lot easier to text your love note and not get caught. It's That's hard right. to ask that There's stone. an emoji for it. You know, you just, that yeah. tablet, it's hard. Yeah, yeah. yeah, just check yes or no, and then they're going to go viral. The tink, 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 tink. You're right, though. Fear does start early. Yeah. In it our does. Lives. You know, it does. it's one of the things that comes in. And so what we hope to talk about is how to kind of break through that fear. Yeah. Uh, actually, you know, one of my favorite authors that I have a really hard time understanding the depth of which she writes, which is Leanne Payne. That's one of the comments that she she's a great psychologist and, a, and probably an even better theologian. Um, she wrote a book called The Broken Image. And the premise of that book is we're born in fear. That, that we're born lonely and fearful. And so we begin to do anything and everything in order to provide an image of ourselves that would be loved, that would be accepted, that wouldn't scare other people away. The problem is that's not the true image. Mm-hmm. And so. So we learn to pose. We learn to pose. Yeah, the pose starts that early. And then. Let's say that. Rings a lot of bells right there going through that there, Darren. Yeah, and then, you know, you're you're fearful that the pose is going to become an expose. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah. So we're stuck on fear. Yeah. Uh, we're scared of moving on. We are scared of moving on because <laughs> we don't know where to go from here. No, uh, we're going to go to a clip. This is from a, a movie called The Backup Plan and, and how sometimes our past can really bring up fears in the present. Mm-hmm. You know, we're afraid we're going to repeat them, you know, things like that. There's a lot of things that kind of go into that, what causes fear. In this particular clip, you have a young lady that's um, 
in her 30s. She's not married. She wants to have a baby. She goes to a fertility clinic, um, gets eggs implanted or whatever all that stuff is. You know, the stuff. Yeah, right? she gets the stuff. She gets the stuff, you know, you get at that <laughs> clinic. And uh, anyway, um, she doesn't know whether she's pregnant yet or not, and she meets a guy. And then she learns later that she is pregnant. She realizes they're not obviously his. Mm-hmm. And so she tells him about it, and he decides to stay with her. Right? And so, kind of like Mary and Joseph. Yeah, kind of. It doesn't, it doesn't really play out real well, at least in this scene that we're going to get to, because you know they're trying to go through all this stuff together as new parents. They just watched somebody give birth the night before into a, a, a swimming pool, you know, a little portable swimming pool. Mm. You know, they've experienced that together. They're going through, oh, do I do Lamaze? Do we do this? Do we do that? And so he's going to reference that. And he's been studying for this test uh, to where he can really improve his career. And he's decided to uh, drop out of the school and just that way he could provide for the family. And where we pick this up, they're taking a walk. A friend of his walks up and starts approaching him in conversation about, Hey, I, I see you dropped out of the exam, something along those lines. And just kind of hear where this conversation goes and how quickly fear can get hold and cause us to do things that really don't make a lot of sense. Yeah. And listen closely because when you are reacting out of fear, as this one of these characters does, you will hear whatever you want to hear or whatever your enemy wants you to hear. Hey, um, I was just coming by to see if you were okay. I was worried about you after the exam. What happened with your exam? Oh, I I was trying to tell you last night. Wow. Wow. (laughs) What happened? I walked out of the exam. Why? I'm quitting school. I I can't believe you're pregnant. (laughs) Why are you quitting school? Because if I stay in school, I can only work part-time. If I can only work part-time, I can't afford all our expenses. I need to work, honey. I had no idea it was this serious. You're having a baby? I didn't know you'd been together that long. Well, well, yeah, they're not mine, but yes, we're having a baby. We're having twins, actually. What do you mean, they're not mine? Oh, I didn't, I didn't mean it like that. Why would you say that? I'm sorry, honey. I'm not exactly thinking straight. I've been up all night watching Orca give birth. <laughs> I am such an idiot. No, so. Oh God, I am so stupid. This is this is not about money, or that you can't afford kids. You don't want this. That's the problem. He always told me he didn't want kids. Why are you still here? Uh, okay, that's it, isn't it? Really? After everything we've been through, you think I don't want kids? You really think that? That's what you just said. It's not what I just said. It's what you just heard. There's a big difference. I don't think you're ready for this. Now that it's all happening, now that you've seen a woman push a baby out, now now it's all too real for you, and you're scared. Yeah, aren't you scared? You know what I'm scared of? I'm scared that I'm going to have these babies, and then you're going to walk away. You're going to say, they're not mine, and just walk away. Yeah, well, every day you're looking for some kind of hint that I'm leaving, no matter how many times I tell you that I'm not. I, I don't know what else to do. What else am I supposed to do? Nothing. So what are you saying? Just go now. I don't want to go. Go. This is crazy, Zoe. It's crazy. If you don't go, I'll go. (laughs) Wow. You know what? Just so you know, when you do the autopsy here, you better realize you have no one to blame but yourself. Not the most uplifting (laughs) (laughs) clip that we've ever played. Fear usually doesn't have that, though, either. No, it doesn't. It doesn't lend to that. And so as you guys listen to that clip, what are some of the things that kind of jump out at you from the, the topic here? Well, I mean, I see a guy who is fearful, and he admits it, but he's reacting 
seemingly in a pretty good way, in a very loving way, saying, you know what, my career is not as important as these babies and and my new wife. Um, I am willing to change things for a very noble cause. And so it appears that he's reacting in love, trying to, but, you know, she's reacting out of fear. She had this fear, I'm never going to have a man, I'm never going to have a husband, so I might as well go ahead and take control of my life, have the fertility issue taken care of, you know, circumvent that process, and then magically (laughs) delicious, as we say, God provides, you know, a man after the fact. And and so she's reacting out of fear, and she's hearing things. She's always believed, obviously, that she's going to be alone raising children. And so it's just better to go ahead and just commit to that rather than risking, you know, staying in a relationship that might have rocky days. Yeah, if you've... If I'm remembering the movie right, I saw it you know several years ago. But uh, you know she has a history of her dad abandoning the family. Mm-hmm. You know there's a, an abandonment <clears throat> spirit you know there, and so you know she's just kind of looking for that first clue. When's this going to happen to me? Because I know the shoe's going to fall and at some that, point. Yeah, and that's kind of the Paul Harvey thing. What's the rest of the story, right? right. Because when you know her whole story and how she reacts, because then shortly after this. Her best friends on her saying, well, you're just looking to get rid of him. You're just finding another excuse. Exactly what he said. Her mother comes in with, oh, well, I'm finally getting married because she was like, oh, my mom. They were just getting done talking about her mom never marrying. She comes in and says, oh, I'm getting married. Oh, but you two have inspired me so much. What am I afraid of for all these years? I should just go ahead and get married. This guy loves me. Why don't I just do it? Uh, Mom, we just broke up. And it's like, then she gives then. She walks away, the one who says, we just broke up, and mom chases her into the bedroom and gets the door slammed in her face when she's like, you're just doing this, you're just running away again, and da-da. You know, mm-hmm. it's like there's these habits that we get into because we pose, and that becomes who we are, and she's like, everything in my life fails, right? I have that agreement. So she's like, instead of trying to break it, let's dive back right back into it because it's getting to that fearful place again in this relationship. Yeah, and, you know, you go where you can see the enemy get his hand in this situation, right? I know this is Hollywood, but when you look at this one, this this clip, you know, you have a, a guy that's pri- trying to be descriptive to his friend's question. You know, he's saying, she said, I don't think you've been together long enough to have kids. And his response was, yeah, yes, they're not mine, biologically is what he's meaning, but he just says they're not mine, right? And so that feeds right into her fear, which gets everything going. Yeah, of, because oh. what, do you really want to get into this long conversation with a friend you just walked up with and like, try yeah. to explain this whole past? Well, it is Hollywood. It so is. I know. So you try to jump on and move on because you realize, he's realizing at that time, okay, her heart is broken. I got to go after it. He's trying to, and he's trying to dismiss this other one and get her out of there. <laughs> yeah, I think at some level he did bail instead of continuing to fight for her heart right yeah. at this point. Yes, I agree. Right? So he kind of yeah. also took a way yeah. out. One of the things that Sam touched on that relationally is critical, and I see it all the time, is, and I look at it for in me to see what I'm misinterpreting. Because we see what we expect to see or what we want to see. We hear what we expect to hear or what we want to hear. And often it is a fearful 
place that we're doing that from. And married, especially second multiple marriages where they do have that, I've been left once and, you know, they're going to do it too. I'll talk to them about, you know, what it, does this person love you? Oh, yeah. Then why are you expecting the worst from him or her? And that's so common and so painful. Yeah, they're just they're waiting for that indicator that, you know, things are going to go the way that they fear they will go. Yeah, and right. then we just talked earlier about being introspective and who is and who's not. And we're like, yeah, Sam's probably one of the best we have in the group that is doing that on a regular basis, does that very well. And I will have to say that I wouldn't say I do it well, but in the masculine journey, I'm doing a lot better than I did before the masculine journey. Right. So things are really, you know, coming to where it's like, I do stop. I take that pause. When the, when the things start to escalate, I can recognize them sooner. I can say, oh, where am I and what am I adding to this? Absolutely. And when we come back, we're going to dig into some of our questions of each other of how do we react with fear. But now go to masculinejourney.org, register for the upcoming boot camp November 12th through 15th at Park Springs up in Providence, North Carolina. Robbie Dillmore here. Your mattress getting a little thin on top? Well, <laughs> check out the new mattress topper from MyPillow. I sleep hot and my wife sleeps cold, which make its phase change material invaluable to us. It comes with a 10-year warranty. It's washable and dryable, and it's made in the USA, backed by Mike Lindell's 60-day warranty. And best news ever, go to MyPillow.com, save 30%, use promo code CARGUY, or call 800-943-7096. Remember that promo code CARGUY. Hi, this is Sam with Masculine Journey. I'm here with my son, Eli. We're going to talk about ways that you can help support the ministry. One way you can go to smile.amazon.com. Go to smile.amazon.com. There's information on our website there on how to do that. You go to facebook.com and click the donate button, or you can go to masculinejourney.org and find the donate button. masculinejourney.org. Or if you want to mail something in, mail it to P.O. Box 550, Kernersville, North Carolina, 27285. Now what do we do? Just be yourselves. Where are you going? I'm going to pick a fight. If it feels like every day is picking a fight, then you might want to come listen to The Masculine Journey and find out why we use clips like these to illustrate the story God is telling in the lives of men today. The truth is God designed you to pick a fight, but which fights do we pick? We'll grab your gear and come on a quest every Saturday at noon. And now The Masculine Journey After Hours Podcast. Welcome back to the Mask and Journey. You know that song reminds me of boot camp because your son used to sing that. Uh, yeah, we've we've used that um, in several boot camps, I think, and it's it's one of my favorite songs. I mean, yeah. it is that is the process of boot camp is you know we're coming after the one, right? Yeah. I mean, that's the one of the clips that we usually use, or we use several clips from the movie, typically, um, which was Saving Private Ryan, the the billboard for that movie. Um, was 
in front of the theaters it had you know the picture of that band of brothers there and it said the mission is a man Mm -hmm. and that's our mission at a boot camp and so it is it is jesus leaving the 99 and and looking for the one and you are the one whoever you are you're the one um always yeah (laughs) yeah you're you're the favorite that's right yeah to quote robbie yeah we need to stop thinking otherwise yeah we do. So why don't we go ahead, Darren, transition to some of the questions that, you know, you'd kind of prompted the group with. And we started to discuss them before the show. I mean, we emailed back and forth and we said, well, why don't we just wait and talk about it on the show? Well, I mean, yeah, there's no point in preparing. You know. I mean, everything just comes out a whole lot better when it's impromptu, right? Well, we have questions. I'm an extemporaneous thinker, but most people can't follow my extemporaneous thoughts because they're not nearly as good as my prprepared thoughts um so anyway there is okay well that's yeah. that's some of y'all can look that up um so it kind of some of the questions that i threw out to the guys this week was you know how do you respond to other people's fear um well so i'll just throw that out there i mean if if you're the one who can be objective and and understand that oh well they're acting out of fear how do you respond to that so harold well usually i try to apply a little bit of logic to it that always works well but (laughs) unfortunately unfortunately uh most people don't react well to that as you just acknowledged no it's most and that usually doesn't go well with me because if i can understand it then why can't you? I just told you in clear, unmistakable terms, and here you are rejecting that. And I, I don't, uh, I don't handle that real well. And and obviously, um, logic seldom plays into. I mean, fear is not a logical thing. It's really not. I mean, under certain circumstances, yes. If somebody's holding a gun and pointing at you and saying, I'm going to shoot you, then fear is very logical at that point. But most of the things we're talking about are relational type of things. And so it's not necessarily logical. But uh, Jim, Rodney, what are you guys? Yeah, people don't like to be told that they're acting in an illogical way, especially coming from a nerd like me who had 40-plus years of programming a computer. You just don't realize that it's not about the nail. You have to, I mean, if you recognize that. Logic is important, but feeling is too. And there are things that talk about our personalities, that there's a tension there between them, and we all have both. Uh, We're not sure about your feeling, but since you're 98 percent logic but well i don't i don't have pointy ears but i do have some characteristics (laughs) like spock and it's important to recognize who is causing the fear in you i mean my biggest fear is rejection i don't and well it my earliest (laughs) did you get a no on that mm, note uh, regular. Well, actually, I was always too afraid to send the note because I didn't yep, want I didn't I want the rejection. <laughs> I didn't have but maybe three dates through the end of high school, and then I married the first woman. I say it jokingly, but it's true. I married the first woman that took me seriously, and Carol had said the jokes on you because I take everybody seriously. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, so I'm with Harold on the absolutely on the logic side. I always come down on, well, let's go through this logically and what makes sense and try to argue my way through those things. And definitely my better half is not the logic side, just the emotional side, right? So that has become something that's like I've had to learn how to actually deal with that and be able to approach her and, you know, affirm those emotions and what's causing them. So when you do that, it's like, oh, okay, you understand you kind of get me a little bit. So that helps a lot because I would never even want to understand in the past. Now I at least go down the path of, okay, well, let me try to understand and let me ask some questions. And my background now has trained me to do that at work. I'm like, well, this stuff can work at home. Lose it relationally too, to try to understand. Again, if you're trying to use it to manipulate, that's not good. Mm-hmm. And uh, I hate it when that happens because now I can point out people that are trying to manipulate me. But you just try to understand and you can go deeper with someone. People love to be understood. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, one of the things you guys were saying, logic works when people come to the conclusion themselves. Yes. Right? And so it's when you're asking those questions and you're entering into their feelings, right, that the, you can help You can help by asking the questions, hopefully get them to a logical place. Mm-hmm. Where they can kind of see, okay, this isn't really based in reality, mm-hmm. right? You know, what is it about that that makes you so afraid, you know? And start entering into some of those questions and letting them express it, and hopefully the logic will kind of work, you know, but sometimes it doesn't. Now, you know, we make fun of counselors, good counselors, and we make fun of bad counselors. They're they're even more fun to make fun of, but... Um, and you're a counselor, Darren? I have been called that, Um <laughs> You know, especially on like TV sitcoms and things like that. And one of our favorites around here is Bob Newhart, you know, and and his show for years as being a counselor. Just stop it. Um, You know, and so but the best counselor is the is not the guy that tells you how to fix your problem. The best counselor is is the one that asks you good questions that allows you to travel down the road. You were just talking about Sam. To, to come to the realization that, oh, I I have, I possess the answer to that question. I possess the answer to this problem. Um, and if you, if you don't see it as a problem, then you're not going to be passionate about fixing it, number one. You know that all day long, Rodney. And at, at work, if you're trying to help somebody fix a problem and they don't see it as a problem, they're not going to be passionate about fixing nope. it at all. And so when we recognize it now... Let's shift gears a little bit. What if you are the focus of their fear? How do you react when somebody says, I'm scared of you? Not necessarily, you know, you're they're physically scared of you, but I'm scared of the way you are going to treat my heart here. I'm scared of the way you're going to deal with me. And typically, you don't get that forthrightness, do you? You typically get some version of them averting the truth showing emotions, showing some negativity. So now you're trying to play this chess game of what are they really thinking? And now it's a game and you're going back and forth and that's where it starts to get scary. But if if I know somebody's that forthright and they're just like, they're scared of me, I'm like, what the heck you got to be scared of me for? And then I've got to go down Sam's path of, oh, what did I do? And it's like, when I'm smart enough to do that, and have that pause, I usually find, 
okay, I can kind of understand where they're coming from. But if you don't and you start to react and you dive right into the fear instead of diving into, you know, thought process of work to understand, it's like, oh, yeah, let me really blow this thing up. The, the scariest person in this room to me is the smallest physically. And I'm the biggest guy in here, although Sam's working on it. But <laughs> and I'm working I'm on it you. too, going down. But, you know, at at one point I was just shy of six nine and I've usually been over three hundred pounds all my life. And so I work hard to keep people from being afraid of me because that's the natural response. Mm-hmm. And when you said, you know, talked about fear, my I need, immediately went to the physical. Because that's where people are afraid of me. Once they get to know me, I don't think I'm nearly as scary. But in a dark alley, I would terrify folks without any cause from my perspective. And that, and and to me, the scariest people tend to be the smallest one because they're the most aggressive. Because they've had to make up for that. <laughs> and I, the the aggression is one of those things I fear. And. <laughs> Rodney's telling him to come on. <laughs> uh, fortunately, I'm on the other side of the room for Harold, so he can't get to me. But, but it it really is a matter of often a physical for me, but emotional is the most painful thing to to get hit with. And you know, somebody comes after my heart to wound it. Uh, my reaction is normally running before fighting. But if you corner me, the golden retriever part of my personality comes out, and once I'm cornered, I'm going to bite. You know, when when somebody's afraid of you in whatever manner, you know, physically because of a presence that you talk about or decision-making, you know, your riskiness, whatever those things may be, you know, that make them afraid, you, you really only have one response that's going to work, right? And, and you know, it's a topic of the show, yeah, really, it's, it's love. It's love, and that, that'll be more of a topic next week. Right. We'll, we'll be still um, running from fear next week and, and running, hopefully, into the arms of love. But, yeah, that's, you know, totally unlike Jim, most of my life I've been very much the risk taker, and I'm not saying that he's not a risk taker. It's just that... I've never been worried about people being scared of me physically. Um, it's always, well, Darren could be a scary guy because he takes risks and his risks sometimes cause the community to also risk or the family to also risk or the church to also risk or, or whatever. And so I've been called, you know, dangerous before mm-hmm. in a negative term. I've also been called that by God in a positive you know, sense. So my reaction to that, though, when people go, I'm scared of you or you scare me or it's it's not out of love. Usually my reaction is usually fear. Unfortunately, not a good place to be. We're going to talk more about that in the after hours show. Yeah. And when we come back next week to the regular show, we are going to be uh, talking more about entering into love and how you can really go against fear by acting in a loving way. And when we talked about the counselor. That's really what the counselor was doing. Mm-hmm. Right? When they're approaching you that way, they're doing it out of a loving place. That's why it works. It doesn't work when you come to it from a logical place. Right. Right? Because it's not necessarily out of a loving place in the same way it's interpreted. 
Right. Right. And so go, go to masculinejourney.org to register for the upcoming boot camp November 12th through 15th. It's going to be at Park Springs up in Providence, North Carolina. What a wonderful place. See you next week. This is the Truth Network.